So my family is Italian, and I've spent a lot of my life in Italy. I feel comfortable there, though I've always known it could be a little unsafe for a woman traveling alone. However, I don't really look or seem like a tourist, so I usually feel pretty confident that I won't be targeted. This naive thinking led me to a scary situation. I was living and working in a smaller city while on a gap year and had made some college-age friends who were also from out of the country. We had been spending most of our evenings going to bars, eating good food, all the fun things you can do as a young person in Italy. One night, one of my friends and I were hitting a bar when a group of men asked to buy us drinks. There were about four or five of them, all seemed to be Italian and a little older than us. Being new to the city, we felt flattered and excited by the attention from some attractive local men. They bought us drinks and we walked with them to the nearest piazza. Most of the guys seemed normal, maybe a little pervy, but nothing to raise alarms. There was one guy though that didn't talk at all. One of the other guys told me that the quiet guy wanted to kiss me and I should go home with him. I laughed it off and refused. Italian men are known for being misogynist and forward, so it wasn't surprising. They kept flirting with us and asked us to go back and smoke something with them, but we declined. 1am rolls around and my friend and I decide it's time to go back to our apartments. We say goodbye and start heading home. Unfortunately, we lived in a different part of the city, so after a minute or two, we split ways. My friend lived close by, but I lived 30 minutes away, outside of the city walls. We're both kind of drunk and we're small women so we tell each other to stay safe. I began my long walk home. After about 15 minutes, I start to feel weird. I get a strange sensation and I decide to call my long distance boyfriend just to have someone on the phone. I'm chatting with him, listening to him talk about his day when I suddenly get a bad feeling. I turn around and standing behind me, about 30 feet away is the quiet guy from the bar. He's followed me for almost 20 minutes, walking just behind me after I left. I'm on a long cobblestone road in the middle of the night and there's no one else, just me and him and my boyfriend on the phone. I instantly go into panic mode as this guy starts walking up to me. I tell my boyfriend on the phone that I'm being followed and to stay on the line. The guy gets closer to me and I'm almost frozen in fear. I don't want to run because the long road leads further out of the city into a dark strip of abandoned parkland and a stretch of interstate. This man reaches me and has an awful ugly smile on his face. He's taller than I am, probably late 20s, and is clearly on some sort of drugs. He tells me that I need to come with him and grabs me by my arm. My boyfriend is still on the phone and I narrate everything that's happening. This guy clearly doesn't speak English. He also doesn't speak Italian very well, but is insisting in a thick, strange accent that I come with him. He has me tightly by my arm and pulls me in to give me a disgusting, sweaty kiss. He smells like vomit. I have no idea how I formulated this plan, but I'm proud of what I did next. I told this man that I'm engaged and that I'm a good American girl, whatever that means and that I won't go with him, but I'll meet him tomorrow at 12 o'clock and he can take me on a date. He asked me for my Instagram and I gave it to him. 
Panicked, I watch him type my name into his phone. Then he lets go of the grip and turns around. He's happy with the plan we've made. I watch him for a few seconds to make sure he's not going to change his mind and turn back to me. Then I start to run down the road, seriously faster than I've ever ran before. I get back to my apartment and lock myself in. I open my Instagram and immediately block this guy's account. My poor boyfriend was so freaked out because there's nothing he could do. So I didn't see this guy again. I was extremely shaken up and ended up moving apartments so I could be within the city walls. When I told my landlord the story to explain why I was moving, she told me about something even more chilling. A year ago, on that exact long road leading out of the city, an American girl was jumped by two men, dragged behind the retaining wall of the interstate, and brutally assaulted. The men were apparently part of a prolific Albanian gang that had a stronghold in the city and were engaged in human trafficking. Remembering the man's strange accent, I am convinced that he was part of that same gang. I don't want to think what could have happened if I had not gotten lucky. I think this man might have just decided I wasn't worth it. That beautiful Italian city I was living in lost its glamour once I experienced that terrifying underbelly. This situation happened about a year ago. It's important to note that I'm also a girl, so this was a very scary and potentially dangerous situation for both of us. One night after work, just after it became dark, my girlfriend stopped at the Walmart neighborhood market down the road, which by the way is next to a big highway interstate. I made a last minute run to the bank. Right as I'm pulling out of the bank, I get a text from her about thinking she's being followed. I asked her for more details and also told her not to leave the store and that I was going to drive up to the front door and either watch her get to her car or get her into mine if she needed. She told me that there were two men that she kept seeing in every single aisle, usually behind her. They were very clearly staring at her each time and watched her very closely. She thought she was just being paranoid, but I told her to trust her gut and let a worker know about the situation and even called the police because it isn't worth the risk. Before I made it all the way there, she texted me saying she's at checkout. She said that the guys followed her there and went to self-checkout near her, but with no items. They quickly grabbed some gum off the shelf and put it into a Walmart sack, but they stood there taking forever to cash out that item and kept watching her, waiting for her to finish. I told her to check out as slowly as humanly possible. I finally arrived. She had just texted me that she finally took her bag and was exiting the store. However, right as I pulled up, I saw the two guys. They perfectly matched her description of them. They were hiding in a little cutout near the entrance. They were just standing there and kept peeking around the corner at the front door every time someone exited. I knew they were looking for her. I pulled my car forward right in front of them. I literally rolled my window down and just stared into their souls. I did not look away. I wanted to make sure that even though they didn't know I had anything to do with her, that I got a very good look at their faces and was watching them. I texted her and told her not to return to her car. I told her to get straight into mine. Right then, they started walking off. However, they had to have been following her since she arrived at the store because the next thing they did was walk straight to her car. Her car is very unique and stands out. 
They dropped the bag of gum on the ground on the way to her car. One of them went behind her car and just stayed there. The next one walked over to a white work van with painted windows and no license plate. He spoke to someone that was in the driver's seat. While this was happening, one of the cars next to hers left. They then pulled the van up to the spot. I called her and told her to go straight to my car and don't even look at hers as they were waiting for her with the van. She came out with groceries and they see her and squat down. We really quickly load up and she gets in my car. The men stood up and walked to the van. I pull away and try to go around the van to see the license plate. Of course, there was none. I drove off in a totally different direction from home and we drove around for a while. I wanted to make sure no one was following us and also give them time to leave her car alone. I wanted to call the cops, but she was convinced we were just seeing things that weren't there, like taking a coincidence and making it into something. Obviously looking back, after having talked in depth about both of our experiences, we definitely should have called the cops, and I regret this. I've since seen the van with the same two guys driving back in the neighborhoods behind the Walmart. I was turning onto a street and they were turning off, still no license plate, but their van had more things on the exterior to make it look like a work van, things like a ladder on the roof. I got creeped out and quickly tried to get away just in case they turned around and tried to come for me. So I floored at home, again, I thought about calling the police, but what am I going to say? Yeah, there's two men driving away from a neighborhood with a work van. Gotta get them. They don't even take most things seriously, even when it results in something actually happening. I just truly hope there's a valid explanation for all these actions, and that I just want to come to a conclusion that that was not the case, but I don't know. Maybe they waited at the front because they didn't see their buddy with a van, and thought he was maybe inside the Walmart, and were just looking out for him. Her car was very cool, so maybe they just liked it and were looking at it. Maybe they just wanted to steal parts off her car. Maybe there's an explanation, but probably not. It doesn't explain them following her or getting gum in the bag just to drop it in the parking lot. Luckily, I haven't heard about any kidnappings coming out of that Walmart, but who knows, it's not like I've been digging for it. But I do know that I'm extra cautious now and try not to go out past dark I also scan the parking lot for the van before I go in, but normally I just do curbside pickup now. My girlfriend does the same thing. I had posted on here a couple times with a few of my creepy encounters. I was having a chat with my mother and my sister about these, and they each had their own stories to tell. For now, I will be telling my sister's creepy story. For safety reasons, I will not be revealing names. To give a few details about my sister, she's not the type you would mess around with. She usually had creepy people walk up to her to flirt or catcall her. She would usually tell them to shove off. She can usually handle herself in these kinds of experiences. But she told me what happened at Walmart years ago that really scared her. It happened when she was 23 years old, living out of state with her boyfriend, now husband. It was her day off from work, and she was running errands alone while her boyfriend was at work. 
one of her trips was to go to Walmart and pick up some snacks and a gift for her birthday party. She headed for the toy aisle to pick out something for her gift. That's when she noticed a man in the aisle. He was staring at the toys. My sister noticed right away that he didn't have a cart or anything in his hands to look like he was shopping. My sister picked up an item and moved towards the food aisle to get some snacks and extra stuff. She glanced up after picking up something, seeing the man from before, looking at stuff again, yet he wasn't carrying anything. This made my sister very suspicious. She tried an experiment to see if this man was actually following her. She went to the DVD aisle. He was there. She tried the home decor aisle. He was there. Even the woman's underwear section. He was there. This really scared her. Anywhere she tried to avoid him, he would turn up in the same area. My sister had had it with this man, wanting to get away from him. She made her way to the checkout while she picked up her phone to call her boyfriend. She told him that she had been followed by this man and was afraid to go outside to her car just in case the man would follow her there. Her boyfriend told her to tell one of the employees and stay with them. She did what he told her, telling the cashier about what happened. The employees were super nice and had someone look around the store for this man. My sister then said that while she was waiting in the checkout, she saw the man again. He saw her and ran out of the store quickly. One of the employees then walked my sister to her car safely, and thankfully, she never saw anyone outside or anywhere else after that. Knowing my sister, I'm awfully glad that she decided not to confront the man, otherwise, it could be a totally different story. This happened two years ago, but I was horrified and still have a very clear memory of this encounter. My child was almost two and we were invited to a retirement party from the school board for my mother-in-law. The party was at my brother-in-law and his wife's house. The party consisted of people snacking and drinking and milling around visiting and talking all over the home. I glanced across the room and see my husband holding my son with one arm and looking in another direction, talking to one of his brothers. I see a strange man behind my husband, someone I don't know. He's intently rubbing up and down my son's back, almost in a sexual way. I felt so alarmed by this sight. My husband was completely oblivious to what was happening. I rushed over and grabbed my son and held him while walking in a completely different part of the house. The man followed me. He said, Hey, put your son down. I said no. He kept repeating, Put him down, put him down. He knows who his parents are. It's okay to let him wander around and explore the house. He knows how to find you again. I said no. He started becoming louder, like he had been drinking and lost his inhibitions. He kept insisting I put my son down, and I said, I will never put him down. Why are you so interested? Mind you, the kid was awkward and heavy to hold for so long. So I walked across the house with my child and told my husband and one of his brothers that the man was aggressively rubbing my son's back and I think he is a pedophile and wants to molest him. He keeps pestering me and trying to get me to let him wander around out of my sight. I gave him back to my husband with instructions to not ever put him down and to look out for this creepy guy who wants him so badly 
I then go into the kitchen where my brother-in-law's wife was, told her about the situation, and said, if this guy doesn't leave my kid alone, I will be making a huge scene, but didn't want to ruin the party. She said, go for it, no problem if I did. I asked around about who the creepy guy was, and he was the school principal. Great, wonder how handsy he has been with the school children. He stayed away after that, but I was prepared to go to war for my baby. When I was 10, I was camping at a campground that my family and I went to for years. One day I was riding my bike around the campground. I did this a lot when we stayed the weekend. I rode around the basketball courts and where the game room was. This was a little ways from where my family and I were staying. I had been out for a while and figured it was time to go back. I saw a guy drive up to me in a silver pickup truck and gave a smile. Maybe that's what made him stop, but I was only trying to be polite. He drove up to me and asked what I'm up to and why I'm alone. I told him I was riding my bike and that I was about to head back to my campsite. He tells me to get in the back of his truck and that he'll take me back to the campsite. I felt a little uneasy about it, but me being a kid, I did what he asked because he was an adult. I put my bike on the back of his truck and sat back there with it. He drove around for a while and I got a little uneasy because he was going further and further away from where I was staying. I finally told him my great uncle's name and where we were staying in the camp and he drove in that direction. I didn't even wait for him to stop, I just hopped out when he slowed down. He looked at my great aunt and said, she was lost and asked for help so I brought her back. My aunt looked a little confused but thanked him. I looked at her and said, he told me to get in his truck and I listened. She then talked to me and said not to ever go into someone's truck you didn't know. I get that it was kind of my fault and I could have avoided it. But again, this was the early 2000s and I was raised to always do what adults ask or told you to do. I'm not sure what this man's intentions were or why we drove around for so long. But I'm thankful nothing happened. From when I was born, I lived with my mom and my maternal grandparents. I never met my dad. My granddad passed away when I was around seven and my mom was severely mentally ill and an alcoholic. My childhood sucked and then when I was 11, my mom committed suicide and I got put into care as my grandmother was too old and frail to take care of me full time. It was a shitty time. Only thing I was looking forward to was getting on the train and visiting my grandma's on a Saturday. Now I was 11 and there was no way that I would allow my 11 year old to get on a train and take an hour journey each way alone. But times were different back then. So back to the story. One Saturday I had seen my grandmother and was waiting at the same station as I do every week to go home. A man seemed to appear out of nowhere like he was hiding around the corner and sat next to me. He kept looking at me and I was beginning to get a little freaked out. I felt slightly better as I saw there was another person on the opposite side of the tracks waiting for the train. The man suddenly came closer to my face and asked me for my name. I ignored him. I was pretty street smart for my age and knew not to speak to strangers. 
He then said to me, I asked what your name was, this time raising his voice more. He put his hand on my leg, and I looked over to the man on the opposite side, trying to get his attention, but he looked over and noticed what was going on, and looked away. So by now, I knew I was on my own. The man was touching me on my leg, so I stood up and backed off. He said to me that he has some puppies at his house, and he's going to take me to go see them. I said no thank you, as he started walking towards me. He tried to grab me, and I sprinted so fast out of that train station, and I didn't stop running till I got back to my grandmother's house. Now I'm an adult, and think back to that day and remember the man sitting opposite, and looking away, turning a blind eye, and wonder was he part of it too, or was he just an asshole? I always wonder what would have happened to me if I hadn't managed to run away, or if I did follow the man to his house. This happened several years ago, back when I was still in elementary school. So excuse me if I get a few things wrong, I'm almost 40 years old now. My mom had given me the usual curfew of when the streetlights came on, be home. I was at my friend's house, who lived on the same street as me, but about a block up the road. I had to cross one street to get to their house. Their house was on the same side of the street as mine, except having to cross an intersection. It was getting dark. I knew I had roughly about five minutes to make it home. Not a big deal. I've done these walks several times a day. Every single day that I was home. On this day, my friend decided to walk me halfway home, which was to this intersection. Sitting there stopped at the stop sign was an aqua green van. That's the color I remember. It was an odd mix between blue and green. Obviously, it's normal for a vehicle to stop at a stop sign. It's even normal for a vehicle to stay stopped for a few moments if they're trying to find their way around the area. What's not normal is for a strange vehicle to wait at the stop sign with no oncoming traffic. What's not normal is for two men to wait for two little girls that they do not know to get close to the van. A van with no back or side windows. Creepy fan to start with. What's not normal is for the passenger to stare us down. What's not normal was to see a gun on the driver's lap. Upon spotting the gun, I whispered to my friend that they had a gun and that we needed to turn around and run. I told her that I was going to go on a count of three. That way she had a chance to stay with me. This was winter in Michigan. There was snow and ice, very slippery. Needless to say, when we started running back to her house, she slipped and banged her knee really bad. This was close enough to her house that her cousin could hear me yelling for her to get up and run, which she couldn't do. I had to pick her up and run with her in my arms. Her cousin was playing in the ice with the ice pick when he came towards us to see what the commotion was about. One of the guys saw my cousin coming towards us. They gunned it out of there as fast as they could, so no one could get the license plate. I had to wait at my friend's house until the cops came to escort me home. One would hope that that would be the end of it. Nope. I saw that same damn van following the school bus a few days later. Came home and told my mom. She started following our school bus with a shotgun. She had got it because of the attempted kidnapping. Then I started seeing the guys outside the fence that surrounded my playground at school in a wooded area. For some reason that I'll really never know. They really wanted me. 
They tried to coax me out of the playground into the woods with them. This lasted for about two weeks before they finally just left. Years ago, right after I graduated from high school, I did a lot of couch surfing and was staying with my friend Mike for a while. His family lived about 30 miles north of the town I worked in and his mother usually brought me down to town with her when she went to work in the morning. Mike and I would often stay late in town and hang out with friends so we would have to bum rides or hitchhike back if we wanted to sleep in the house. So one Friday, he and I stuck around town too long and missed our ride back. We were young, brave, little tough guys, so we didn't think much about hitchhiking back. We hung around the interstate exit with our thumbs out and scored a ride with these really cool and super high Jamaican Rastafarian dudes in an old Volvo. They ran us most of the way up the highway and dropped us off in the town five miles from where we were headed. Everything was going well. We were happy we made such great time getting that far. We walked through the town, stopped for drinks, and headed out to the north end to start hitching again. We got picked up pretty quickly by a guy in his 40s, friendly, with Kenny G-like hair. He tells us that he's headed right past the road that we were heading for. We couldn't believe our luck. I jumped in the front, Mike gets in the back, it's a big old boat of a car. As we come up the turn, dude puts his hand on my leg. I'm like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? I push his hand off and tell him we're getting out of there. It's starting to get dark, but I'll walk in the fucking dark. Guy says, it's cool, it's cool. I'll drive you where you're headed. You don't need to get out of here. And puts his hand back on my leg and keeps driving. I'm like, pull the fuck over now, and reach for my pocket knife. Mike, in the back seat, grabs the guy in the headlock, choking the shit out of him. The guy lets go of my leg and starts yanking on Mike's arm, trying to get free. Both hands are off the wheel, and the car is swerving all over the road. We're still going at least 40, and I'm terrified we're going to crash. This big tree comes up in front of us, but the driver must have seen it because he slammed on the brakes at the last second. Mike is still trying to pop this guy's head off. I look at the dashboard and realize he's going slow enough for us to bail out. I yell, Jump! Shove the door open and dive out onto the pavement. The driver realizes I'm getting away and hits the gas. The door springs back and almost catches my feet. The back wheel misses me by an inch and the car is going 50 again. Mike is rolling in the middle of the road and I realize we both had gotten out of the car. I grabbed him and dragged him off the road into the trees. The car is doing a U-turn in the middle of the road about a hundred yards away and is coming back towards us. We eat mud and dirt while we hide as low as we can make ourselves. Both of us are skinned, banged up, and bleeding from the pavement. The psycho drives past real slow, trying to spot us, turns around and comes back again. Every time he gets out of sight, we jump and run through the woods, headed towards Mike's parents' house, still several miles away. Every time we hear the car coming, we drop and hide. The car must have gone up and down those roads dozens of times or more, looking for us. It took us nearly two more hours to make it a couple more miles in the woods in the dark. We finally get to the house, 
dirty, bloody, and exhausted. Mike's parents go nuts when they see us. Mike's dad is a scary guy. He's huge, about 6'6", and construction worker strong. He's got a beard down to his chest, and his hobby is pounding Budweiser with his friends until they're drunk enough to knock each other out. So naturally, instead of calling the police, he marches down the driveway and makes us stand by the road as bait for this driver to come back while he hides in the woods. We stood there for another two hours, but the guy didn't come back, which I have mixed feelings about. Mike's dad probably would have beaten the guy to death if he caught him, which is that guy's problem, but I'm afraid that that guy had a gun or something. After all, he was planning on kidnapping two guys at the same time. Mike's mom made us report it to the police. I never heard if they caught the guy, and that's why I don't hitchhike or pick up hitchhikers anymore. When I was about 13 and my sister was about 12, we were playing outside and jumping on the trampoline. Suddenly, we noticed a strange man standing on our property, watching us. He was on the other side of the yard, near the neighbor's fence. My sister and I ran into the house, and my mom called her neighbor to talk to him. Turns out this guy had a fake gun in his pocket. He claimed to be doing work for another neighbor, but then he left. My mom called the police, and they wanted to talk to him. He lived behind us on the other side of the road. Turns out, he was a registered sex offender and wasn't allowed to own guns. He never came back at least, and my parents put us into self-defense classes. My dad took me to see his favorite team play for my birthday one year. I remember the line was pretty big and we had just arrived at the stadium. Some guy approached my dad and told him that he could get me, 8 years old, in a side door for free and it would just be my dad that needed to wait in line for a ticket for himself. I remember willing my dad to say no inside my head. I could see how off it was, yet my dad stood to consider it for a while. Eventually he said no and that he would just get in the normal way. I literally could have been taken away by this man to God knows where. A few things that stood out in my 8 year old brain was how convincing the guy was trying to be. He kept repeating himself and saying words like free and meet back together once inside. I was super relieved when my dad said no but I was raging at him for even considering it to be an option. The whole vibe was seedy. I had an off feeling for the rest of that day. My intuition told me that this guy was bad news and I also learned that my dad is an idiot. So when I was around two or three years old, my mom and dad, now divorced, were friends with this couple that worked with my dad at his office. They would always ask to babysit me and love seeing me a lot and my parents thought nothing of it. One day, they asked to take me to Disney World along with their niece, and my mom had no issue with it. My dad, on the other hand, thought it was weird because they offered to pay for me and everything. 
He told them no and made up an excuse for me not to go. The couple weren't seen for weeks after that and the company that my dad and them worked for were having an investigation because that same couple who wanted to take me to Disney committed massive fraud and stole hundreds of thousands of dollars. They disappeared and my dad has no idea what happened to them since he no longer works there but he believes fully that they wanted to take me and disappear. He thinks that they couldn't have kids of their own and really wanted one. It still creeps me out that I could have a completely different life and family. Thank God my dad was home because my mom wanted to let me go. By the way, just for some context, as a baby, I had bright blue eyes and long curly blonde hair. I looked like I could be on toddlers with tiaras, straight up. Not to toot my own horn, but I was an extremely gorgeous baby. Maybe that's why they had their eye on me. But who knows, they could have wanted to sell me too, or worse. Long time lurker here, and first time posting. I'm a 24 year old female. When I was around 7 or 8 years old, I had a best friend that lived right around the block from me. We grew up in a quiet suburban town where you didn't really hear about crime all that much. My friend, let's call her Brandy, lived at a house on the corner with a pretty large front yard. It had a little garden area with rocks closer to the sidewalk at the end of her yard. We would often sit on the rocks and talk about whatever kids that age talked about. I remember it being dusk on a warm summer night. We were distracted by our conversation and neither of us initially noticed the same car drive by multiple times. Mind you, her road was a quiet side street, so it would be a bit odd for the same car to be driving around in circles. The reason we noticed it the final time was because they actually pulled over in the street right in front of us. Initially, I remember thinking that they needed directions, dumb in hindsight, because who would ask kids for directions? It wasn't until we saw both of the car doors swing open that the gravity of the situation began to sink in. Keep in mind, the street was only about 8 to 10 feet from where we were sitting on her yard. Both individuals seemed to be men with their hoods up, and the passenger immediately lunged at us, saying nothing. My friend screamed and ran towards her front door. I, in total shock, was a bit slower to react. I noticed he also held something reflective in his right hand, most likely a knife looking back. He actually almost grabbed me, but I made a run for it just in time and caught up to my friend at the front door. Now here's the creepiest part. For whatever reason, Brandy's family locked the door. She had an older sister that accidentally locked it without realizing that we were playing outside. I vividly remember banging on the door and screaming with tears streaming down my face, hoping and praying that they would open it up. The men didn't chase us to the door, but they didn't leave yet either. I remember looking over my shoulder and seeing them smirking and standing near their car. It felt like they were waiting to see if we were home alone. A moment later, but it felt like an eternity, my friend's mom swung open the door and both men jumped into the car and peeled out. There are actually tire marks on the road from how ferociously they whipped around and sped off. 
Brandy's mom, who also saw the car peel out, was extremely upset and immediately called the police. I remember my mom also being called and Brandy and I were both questioned at our house by police officers that arrived soon after that. Brandy and I mentioned we had each briefly noticed a car drive by multiple times, but we didn't put two and two together until after things took a turn for the worst. I've never heard anything else about this after that day, but this experience remains burned into my memory. I still get anxious thinking about what could have happened if that front door didn't open when it did. My parents divorced when I was around 8, and my mom moved to another province while I stayed with my dad. I'd fly for visits as an unaccompanied minor up until the age of 12. The unaccompanied minor program essentially buddies you up with a flight attendant, and you will stay with them for the entire trip. When I turned 12, I was on my first solo flight that had a layover. I was always told as a kid about people you can trust and uniforms, etc. An indication of a trustworthy adult. When a man, in what I assumed to be pilot overalls, approached me and struck up a conversation, I thought nothing of it. I let him know that I had a layover and was waiting for my next flight. He told me that he was a helicopter pilot and was between flights as well. He said it was nice talking to me and offered to take me to a coffee place for some donuts while I waited. Stupidly, I accepted the offer and began to follow him. We approached the main doors. My oh shit radar went off and I abruptly stopped and told him I wouldn't come. He was very persistent about me coming and pointed to a truck in the parking lot saying it was his, which freaked me out even more. He continued on his way, and I think about that interaction a lot, and I'm haunted by the what-ifs. Maybe it was completely innocent. When I was about six years old, in kindergarten or first grade, I can't remember which, we lived across the street from my school. I mean right across the street. From our front window, the school property was the majority of what could be seen. I went to the school until my second grade year, when the school was shut down by the district. Most kids were shipped off to whatever school happened to be closest to them, and the abandoned property became a community center of sorts for the town of less than 200 people or so. I won't drop the name of this town, but I'll say it's somewhere in Illinois that the estimated 200 person figure was in 1989 and that there are considerably fewer people now as most of the population has either moved away or died and several of the houses have burned down. Today, the town is even more dried up than it was during my kindergarten years. And the last time I visited, it looked as though nature was beginning the process of reclaiming it. I say all of this because it's important that you understand how small this town was. People didn't just randomly show up there. Strangers would be immediately recognized. There was nowhere for them to hide because the town only really had three streets. All but the end of one of them led out of town 
and the lone end of the lone street that didn't offer an escape route led to a dead end with an ancient old cemetery. Another escape route, in a manner of speaking. This town had nothing but a post office, a couple of abandoned buildings that I'm fairly certain used to be general stores back in the distant, distant past, and a payphone. Today, the post office is shut down and the payphone is gone. So keep all of this in mind when I say that a stranger or creep would have been noticed immediately. It's surprising then that I was almost abducted by a stranger in that town from directly in front of the school. Actually, I think I was abducted. That's the weird thing. When I left school that day, the man was standing in front of his vehicle and he greeted me by name. That's what makes this even stranger. The man knew my name. He told me that my mom had sent him to pick me up for some reason or another. Though the memory of what he actually said is a bit hazy. It amounts to, your mom isn't at home. She sent me to pick you up and take you to where she is. Get in and we'll go for a ride. You know, the usual creep thing. And I did. There are certain details I can't remember from this point. Why didn't I just look across the street to see if my mom's car was sitting in the driveway? Maybe I did. Where did I go? I don't know. What happened? I don't know. I have the briefest memories of me sitting in the passenger seat of his vehicle, saying something as we drove out of town. Can't remember what I said. Can't remember what he looked like. Can't remember why my next memory is of us back in my driveway, in the house, across from the school. I don't know if there's something that I've blocked out for the last 33 years. Maybe he took me somewhere and did something to me that creeps due to young trusting little boys and I've just locked it up inside. I hope not. I hope he was some aspiring kidnapper with a conscience who just couldn't accept the enormity of the heinous sin he was about to commit and took me back home. That nothing bad happened to me. That my lack of memory is due more to the entire sequence of events being so uneventful that my little brain felt no need to keep it in storage. I've often wondered in some ways, like through some form of therapeutic hypnosis they show in movies and TV to unlock these memories, or if that's even a real thing. Or if it is, if I want to venture down that rabbit hole and discover what really happened, maybe things should just remain buried. I'm sure you've heard the expression, don't ask questions you don't want answers to. Yeah, I feel that applies here. And maybe someone will tell me it was just a vivid dream that a young child had remembered incorrectly as an actual memory. This is not the case. A few years back, I actually asked my mom about it. Do you remember that strange man who took me from school and brought me back? Oh, yes. Apparently, I told her what happened because she told me about how she went over to the school and raised a bunch of hell over it. And that's all I have to prove to myself that it ever even happened. Up until then, I wondered if I imagined the whole thing. This is, unfortunately, no longer something that I can even attempt to convince myself is true. Who was that man? Why did he take me? Why did he bring me back? 
what happened that day. I'm a big fan of horror. I love a novel or movie about monsters. I'm an avid fan of Stephen King and creepypastas. But it isn't Pennywise, the dancing clown, or Slenderman that keeps me up at night sometimes. No, it's the real monster who almost gobbled me up when I was 6 years old and then lost his appetite. Thanks for listening. Update. For those of you asking if it was possibly my dad, I just called him and asked him. His response? If it had been me, I wouldn't have taken you back. I would have just kept on driving, and you would have gone to my state with me. That may sound like a joke, but it wasn't. So much for that theory. To give some context, I live in Italy, and usually city's historical centers have mainly pedestrian zones and a few parking spots for residents. Last week, when my sister and I were walking the dog, We don't put her on a leash at night since she's trained and the streets are empty. Unfortunately, she saw a cat and ran away before my sister got her. My family loves that dog, so of course we all went searching for her. My parents are divorced and we were staying at my mom's. Bad idea having three women in the streets at night, I know, but we didn't know what else to do. I was in my PJs with my phone running on low batteries, so without a flashlight, and just a few poles illuminating the streets. So it was quite dark. I was shouting my dog's name while we were looking for her, when a 40 to 50 year old man, which I hadn't seen up to that point, said that he saw my dog running a few blocks away from where we were. My dumbass was so worried about the dog that I didn't even ask the guy what my dog looked like. I followed him in silence until we were near a parking spot and he got really close to me and tried to put his hands around my back. At that point, I realized what was going on. I pushed him and sprinted as fast as I could. I know the place really well, so I hid where I knew he couldn't find me and texted my mom. I didn't call her in case he was near and could have heard me. A few minutes later, both my mom and my sister arrived together. We decided to call it a night and went home. That dog was waiting for us at the door. I don't know what this guy's intentions were, but I'm glad I reacted quickly and got away. This story isn't mine, it's my parents' story. My mom and dad got married in Mexico, then set off to cross the border. When they were saying farewell to everyone, my mom's grandma gave my mom a prayer, the Canticle of Mary, to keep her safe and to memorize. My great-grandma was a firm believer, and I guess it worked. As you know, people gather in small groups led by a coyote. They got stopped by bandits. I can't elaborate exactly where, cause my mom told me once, and I can't bring myself to ask her again, due to the trauma I know she experienced. Tired, hungry, and thirsty, and even more scared than they already were, they all kneeled down on the ground in a row, arms over their head. These bandits proceeded to ransack everyone's money, valuables, and whatever the heck they wanted. Then they even started pulling up girls and women to take. My mom was praying hard. 
Sadly, the girl next to her got snatched up. My parents ended up making it safe and sound to the States, became U.S. citizens, started a family, and worked hard. In high school, I would routinely run along the country roads near my family's house. One afternoon, a white pickup pulled over on the side of the road right next to me, basically stopping my run. A young guy said hi and asked if I needed a ride. I said no, but he insisted, remarking that it was hot, etc. Luckily, I was standing in a driveway and quickly began to walk up towards the house, telling him, oh, this is my house anyway. I better get home. He seemed to accept my excuse and drove away. I waited for a while, convinced that he'll come back and check, but he never did. I ran the rest of the way home, faster than I ever had, terrified that he would see me. This happened when I was 14. I attended a private Christian school and had a typical uniform of a white button-down blouse shirt and a knee-length plaid skirt. I walked to my bus stop, which was about 25 feet away from a major intersection, outside of a gas station. This older creepy white dude stops and tried to get me to come close to his car for directions. I stayed about 10 feet or so away from the car and gave him the directions. He kept trying to get me to come closer and offered me a ride to school. He even blocked traffic when the light turned green and made people go around him. He just wouldn't leave or stop and my radar was going off like crazy. At that point, I backed up this incline and behind a sign thing so he couldn't get close without giving me time to scream and run. At this point, another guy in the gas station employee who recognized me were walking towards us and the guy took off. About 15 or so minutes later, I saw the guy approaching again, so I grabbed the other girl at my stop and told her to run. We both ran into the gas station store, and the employee called the police, which was absolutely useless, and the guy left again. I heard later that night on the news that a girl about my age was kidnapped from her bus stop, and the car was very similar to the one that the guy was driving. I was totally freaked out and was glad that we ran when we did. After that, one of my grandparents would drive me to the bus stop and stay with me until I got picked up. So today, my friends and I were on a walk and at some point, I witnessed a scene that was likely a child kidnapping attempt. I am really confused and a bit horrified right now, so I decided to post it here and hear some opinions about it. Here's the premise. I live in St. Petersburg, Russia. My friend and I often go for walks and mostly follow the same route through several building blocks, a settlement with private houses and eventually a small park. At the edge of those building blocks, just before you enter the settlement located across the highway, we usually visit a store and buy some soda drinks. The place itself is kind of a poor neighborhood with old shabby buildings and infrastructure. I live near that place and some of my friends live right there, so I know it pretty well. Now what happened today, we decided to visit the store and usually we enter together, but this time I had forgot my mask so I waited for him outside. 
Soon after, three boys rushed from the store. They were actively talking with each other, and then two of them, first one was about six or seven years old, and the second one was around five, stepped back into the store, but the third one stayed near the store's doors. Those two kids started calling for the third one to go back in with them, very confident. At this point, I didn't really pay too much attention to them. After the third one declined and started saying that he's not allowed to leave the store, it would turn out that his mom was working as a cashier and wanted him to stay in the store during her work shift. Those kids continued asking him to follow them. Then the first kid said the phrase that gave me chills and made me turn around to them and stare, ready to make an action to prevent the third kid from going with them. He said, I know the place where your mom will allow you to go. Aside from the weirdness of the phrase, it also sounded very unnatural and learned. Then both of them started saying this again and again. I was about 7 to 10 meters away and they likely noticed me so they stopped calling him and the first kid asked the third kid how old he was. He replied he was 6. Immediately after the answer the two kids ran away to the building block. Honestly I was hoping to stop these kids and ask them about their parents and what they were trying to do and notify the store personnel but they faded away really fast. Soon enough, my friends came back from the store and I told him what I just saw. He mentioned that he actually noticed those kids inside trying to make friends with the son of the cashier and they were basically talking about normal stuff that kids of their age were interested in. It's unclear when they decided to exit the store and go to the place with a third kid. We both were very concerned about the situation and shortly after I came to the store to warn the personnel about it. I told one of the cashiers everything and mentioned the first kid was holding a sweeps can. She confirmed she saw them, thanked me, and she said she's going to tell this to his mother. I then left the store. Child kidnappings that involve kids of their own age were common in Russia 5-8 to eight years ago, and I even remember a case involving a small girl back in Moscow. Luckily it didn't work for whoever was the kidnapper. The situation really shocked me and I would like to believe that those were just ordinary kids which unintentionally used bizarre words but it just doesn't seem real anyway. I've been reading on here tonight and I have a few creepy encounters of my own so I figured hey why not. This happened about 12 years ago. I was 14 and my sister was 12. It was during summer vacation and we were hanging out, just the two of us, outside. It was midday and we live in a smallish town where during weekdays it's pretty much empty because all of the adults are out at work. Anyway, we had been messing around, picking flowers and other random crap when we decided to cut through a massive field of undeveloped land on the edge of the suburb. It was technically a shortcut to get home, but it wasn't the best idea because it was a really bumpy, potted land that other kids and teens left all sorts of shit laying in. Well, our bad decision came around to bite us. We hadn't made it very far into the field when my sister had got two bad things at once. Some sort of weird twisted metal pierced right through her foam flip-flop and into her foot, and right after it happened, she shrieked, jerked, and twisted that ankle on the uneven ground. She started crying and howling, and I was worried. The metal hadn't gone too deep, and I was able to stop the bleeding with the hem from my shirt. 
but she couldn't walk anymore, obviously. Our parents weren't able and didn't know where we were, and this was before I had a cell phone. My sister was still on the ground crying, and I was trying to calm her down, when something made me feel like looking up. It was that feeling of being watched. Out of the field across the road, standing in the corner in the distance, was some random guy watching us. He was too far away from me to see him clearly. All I could tell for sure was that he was blonde, probably adult, and dressed way too warm for July. He was all alone, just staring at us. I've always been a skittish horse, so I looked back at my sister and basically said, get on my back, and that I was going to carry her home, and we were leaving right now. Now, I had to carefully pick my way through this stupid field, in my own crappy flip-flops, with my sister crying on my back. Luckily, she was teeny, but I was no linebacker either. It had just rained a day ago, so the field had puddles of slimy water in the lower spots. We were both kind of wet from her falling when she got hurt. I looked back to check if he was still watching us, and he was. Not only was he still watching us, but he had crossed the road and entered the field. Now he was standing stock still again, just watching us. Ice in the veins doesn't describe it. One of the scariest moments of my life up to that point. My sister looked when I looked, saw my face, and started crying even harder. I just shook her a bit on my back and whispered something like, Stop it. I need to concentrate on getting us home. Watch him and tell me if he starts falling again. Just be quiet. So that's what we did. I started walking down as fast as I could without getting hurt. My sister watched him while I carried her. After less than a minute, she whispered to me that he was falling again. How fast? Just walking. Is he watching us? Yes. I told her to tell me if anything changed and just kept going. I stumped in puddles I couldn't see into when I had to, hoping that there was nothing sharp in them. I lost one of my flip-flops in the mud and just kept going. We were about three quarters away through this massive field when my sister whispered what I least wanted to hear. He was speeding up. I turned us right around, so we were facing him head on. As loud as I could, I yelled something like, Hey, we see you. Fuck off and leave us alone. I'll call the cops. Nothing. He stopped again when I stopped, but gave no sign whatsoever that he heard me. Just nothing. I turned us around again and kept going. My poor sister was shaking like a leaf and saying my name over and over again. It was awful, and there was nothing I could do but keep going. Eventually, he started following us again at a slow pace. I finally made it into our suburb, out of the muddy field, and onto solid concrete. I told my sister to hold on as tight as she could and booked it. Started running with her on my back as fast as I could. We couldn't see him anymore. Didn't know what he was doing or where he was. And I was going to make it to her house or die trying. Every muscle hurt from carrying her so far. My bare foot was scratched up from the road, but I didn't stop. I kept moving, with my sister looking out behind us. I felt like my heart was going to burst. The fear and suspense was awful. After what felt like forever, I made it to our house, ran across the yard, up the drive, put my sister down, who started crying again. My hands were shaking so badly, I could barely use my key. We made it in safely and I called my mom. She had us lock every door and window and came rushing home. But nothing happened after that. He never found us. We never saw him again. 
And that's the end. I have no idea who he was or why he was fucking with us like that. But it gives me chills to this day. The way he stopped when I stopped. The way he ignored my yelling. I don't know what he wanted or what he was doing. And I don't want to know. When I was 16 years old, I decided to surprise my parents with a bouquet of flowers for Valentine's Day. We always celebrated this as a family holiday rather than a romantic one. I didn't have a car to drive to the florist, but my high school was within walking distance of a hospital that had a gift shop that sells floral arrangements. Between classes during the week of Valentine's Day, I set off for the hospital by my lonesome cutting across campus to walk through the network of side roads populated with specialty doctor's offices that kept odd hours. The sort of buildings where traveling doctors mainly held surgery consultations or performed small procedures a few times a month. The trip there passed without incident. As I was walking back through said deserted roads with a vase of flowers in tow, I noticed an unkempt 1990s car close behind me. While my memory of the car is hazy, I'm left with the impression that there were at least two men within, whose faces I could not see. Initially, I assumed that the driver was simply afraid of hitting me, the reason why they weren't passing by, so I made the point of dramatically trudging further into the grassy shoulder of the road, demonstrating to them that they could safely drive ahead. They still refused to pass by, continuing to creep behind me at a slow pace. I began to suspect that the driver was more interested in me than their destination, and I began to walk faster. The car confirmed my suspicions by matching my speed. Despite the impracticality of my shoes and the threat of me spilling the water from my face, I commenced to run as fast as I possibly could. They hit the gas again and matched my speed. I realized at this point that the car was following me and that there was no one in sight to notice. I needed to get away. I bolted into the first parking lot I saw. The car turned in after me. Despite there only being two or three cars in the spacious front parking lot, and there being no other sign of activity at the office, this car did not stop to park at the numerous parking spaces available there. The driver instead opted to pursue me to the partially under construction back portion of this lot behind the office. It passed every available parking space to corner me against a pile of debris and rubble from the construction coming to a diagonal stop less than three feet away. Before anyone could emerge from the vehicle, I somehow managed to scale the small part of rubble against my back and jump from the peak to land painfully on the other side, which fortunately was a plot of undeveloped land by the side of my high school campus. I took a quick peek over my shoulder to see if they were still in pursuit, but the car had sped off after I reached the top of the rubble and were nowhere in sight. They had not parked in the lot at all, they had no business there. The driver was following me. I sprinted at top speed and didn't stop until I was soaked in sweat in the dead winter and panting in the student lounge among my classmates who didn't seem to give a damn when I told them. Possibly because our hometown is supposedly a human trafficking capital and the crime rate is outrageous. Although I'm convinced that this was something more informal than human trafficking as a dilapidated car suggests poverty in retrospect, I should have told an adult, alerted campus security, and called the police non-emergency line. But I was young, insecure, and afraid of getting in trouble for leaving campus when I didn't have a signed permission form to let me do so. I kept trying to convince myself that I had misread the situation and was overreacting. 
I don't even know what I would have told the police if I had called them, and I was entirely ignorant of the subject of cars and couldn't have identified the make if I had been asked. I also never saw the face of the occupants. I was also worried that my parents would restrict my already extremely limited freedoms if they knew I had been in any danger. I feel horrible for never telling anyone and earnestly hope that my secrecy hadn't led to someone being hurt or killed. Whoever followed and tried to trap a 16-year-old girl with flowers at a doctor's office just before Valentine's Day 2016, that's not me. Around Christmas time last year, I was shopping with my mother at a local mall. My mom and I went into Macy's and went our separate ways in the store for a little. In Macy's, they were having a huge sale, so they had a section in the store filled with back-to-back -back racks of markdown clothing. I was sifting through one of the racks when a young man and a woman came over to the other side of the rack, directly facing me. I took note of this. The man mumbled something to the woman, but it was not in English, so I couldn't understand. The man points at me, and the woman shakes her head, no. I can see the mom out of the corner of my eye in a different section of the store, so I stayed where I was and pretended that I didn't notice the two people. I noticed that the young woman looked very nervous and would not even look at the man in the eye. She looked at the ground the whole time. The man then FaceTimed someone on his phone. He steps away from the rack and holds his phone up high, showing me to the other person on the phone. I made my way over to the other side of the rack and eventually the two made their way to the escalator and left. This could have been nothing, but the city this occurred in has a big sex trafficking problem. I am a very small girl and was only 17 at the time. I was terrified. I thought I would share this on the subreddit to honestly get some opinions on what you guys think could have been happening. I just got a really bad gut feeling about it and I'm usually the type of person to mind my own business in public. This isn't one of those stories like, oh this man looks sketchy, I almost died. But when I was 16 I genuinely believed a man at Walmart wanted to kidnap me. It started off with him following me. I noticed he was in every aisle my mom and I were in. But at first, I thought it was just a coincidence. He was an older man, probably in his 50s or 60s, and I just had a bad feeling about him. A man in front of us dropped his wallet, and the creepy guy walked up and stuck the wallet back into the man's pocket instead of just handing it to him, which I thought was pretty odd. Shortly after that, my mom and I walked to self-checkout, and I wasn't feeling well, so I asked for her car keys. I walked to the other side of the store where we had parked, but I forgot to where the car was, so I decided to sit on the bench outside the hair salon and wait for my mom to finish. While playing on my phone, I got an uncomfortable feeling that someone was watching me. I glanced up and saw the creepy man staring at me. Now, there's two things you should know. One, the hair salon was closed, so he had no reason to be standing outside. And two, his groceries had already been bagged up so he had already finished shopping. He asked how I was doing, and I mumbled out a, fine, and glanced back down at my phone. I kept looking up at the corner of my eye, and every time, he was still staring at me. That's when my blood ran cold. I realized that he had been standing behind us when I asked my mom for my car keys. 
He must have overheard and was most likely planning on following me out to the parking lot. My instincts kicked in and I had a strong feeling that this man was up to no good. I kept trying to call my mom discreetly, but she wouldn't answer. So I got up and walked back over to the other side where she was still bringing up her groceries. I stayed with her and when we walked out of the store, the man was still standing outside of the hair salon. I watched through the window when we walked out the doors and he never took his eyes off me. I'm so glad I never walked out to the parking lot alone because who knows what would have happened. Okay, I didn't realize that this was interesting enough to post, but I've seen worse ones, so here it goes. In 1984, I was 10. Back then, it was just the start of stranger danger, and kids really did leave in the morning during the summer and not coming back until dinner time. One of those days, I had been playing baseball and swimming throughout the day and was on my way home on my bike. I got to the end of the street and an African-American elderly couple stopped me in the middle of the road. The woman was driving and I distinctly remember her thick glasses, but she asked me where the church was and if I could give her directions. I said sure and started telling her. She asked me to come closer because she couldn't hear well. I got close enough to put my hand on the door to help me stay up on my bike and she put her hand on top of mine, but I continued with the directions. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a movement and I turned to see an elderly gentleman with both arms out ready to grab me. He had snuck around the car squatting down the whole time. I jumped back and took off on my bike as fast as I could. The car then took off down the road so I nearly avoided being kidnapped. Funny thing is I went in and told my mom what happened and she just said go wash up dinner will be in a minute. I never really thought about it again until I read the sub. This happened to me when I was about six or seven. For context, I was adopted by my grandparents as a baby. One day, my grandparents took me to a public library so I could pick out some books and practice reading. On the way out of the library, I had already opened the book I had chosen and was looking through the illustrations while we walked towards the car. I didn't notice that my grandparents were getting farther and farther ahead of me and I guess they hadn't noticed that I was far behind them. Suddenly, I felt a big hand wrap around my arm. A man I had never met before tugged on my arm rather hard. I remember him saying, You're coming with me. I was frightened and managed to pull my arm away. I yelled, Grandma! Papa! and ran towards them. The man didn't try to stop me, he just walked away. I can only assume he didn't realize I was with them due to their age and thought I was an unattended child who had wandered off from the library alone. Maybe he was an off-duty police officer or a library employee who was trying to get me back to the library. Or maybe he wasn't. It gave me a really scary feeling that I remember quite clearly. Yes, it was me. While doing my weekly shopping at a huge supermarket, 30 tills, at the back of the supermarket, I noticed a young boy, about four years old. He was on his own and crying his heart out. I asked him whether he had lost his mother, and he nodded. I told him to follow me to the customer service, and they could give a shout out on the loudspeaker to inform his mother. As he walked towards the customer service, which was located near the exit door, his mother apparently yelled at me, Where are you taking my son? 
I tried to explain that I found him crying and I was taking him to customer service so that he could be reunited with his mother. She accused me of child abduction and they called the police. I quickly left the supermarket before the police arrived. I won't be assisting any lost kids in the future. This happened around seven years ago. I took my son with my mother to the shop and as I bagged up my stuff, I noticed a man staring at my son. I also had his twin sister with me. I asked my mom to keep an eye on my son while I paid. About two minutes into paying or whatnot, I glanced up and saw my son being walked out by this man. I ran up to my son and scooped him up and walked away, which was my biggest regret for not yelling at the man or telling security. I was just in shock that it happened and it happened so fast. That was the most scared I've ever been seeing my little boy being walked out by a stranger. I feel this has changed me as a parent and I'm so overprotective of my kids now. Maybe too much. When I was a little girl, I used to walk home from school every day. It was only about a 10 minute walk and I usually had friends to walk with me. The area I lived in was progressively getting sketchier and sketchier by the year, but at this time, it wasn't that bad. One day I had to walk home alone because my friends weren't at school that day. I was about halfway home, singing to myself, when this huge man walked up to me. I tried to walk around him, but he just blocked me and said, Hey kid, do you want to fight? Of course, I said no thanks and kept trying to walk around him when he grabbed me by my wrist and tried to pull me in between two houses. He said, we're gonna fight right now. And I somehow managed to wiggle free from him and run home. I was pretty small and fast back then, so I got away pretty quickly. I got home and found my mom on the ladder fixing something on the roof. I ran up to her and told her what happened. We moved to a new house pretty soon after that. When I was seven and my brother was four, we would always go play at the park right next to our house. We lived in a very sketchy neighborhood, but my mom thought it was fine for us to play alone because the park was very close to our house. So one day we were playing at the park, minding our own business. A kid who looked about five or six came up to us. He seemed a bit uneasy. He asked us what game we were playing and if he could play. We were playing grounders and it isn't very fun when you only have two people. So we let him play. After a while, he asked us if we wanted to be friends. Being little kids, we said yes. So then we played grounder some more. After a few minutes, he said, Do you guys want to come to my birthday party? My house is really close, and today is my birthday. My mom had always told us to ask her before going to someone's house, so I told him that we had to ask my mom first. Then he ran off the playground, towards the man standing towards the edge of the road. This man had been watching us play for a while, but I hadn't really registered as possible danger. After a minute, the kid came back and said, My dad says you can come to my birthday party. I told him I would have to ask my mom. Then he ran back to the man. When he ran back, he said, My dad says that you have to come to my party because we're friends, and it will be fun, and we can have cake, and he can drive you there. Then the kid took my hand and started leading me towards the man, who started walking towards us. I felt weird so I grabbed my little brother and we ran home. 
Then we watched through the window as the man and the kid got into a big truck and started driving away from the houses. We lived on the outskirts of the small town, so there was nothing for miles and miles the way he was driving. It was insane. I grew up in a safe, beautiful part of my town. All of my neighbors were within five years of my age. There wasn't a moment I didn't have a friend to hang out with. We were even lucky enough to have a park within a couple blocks of our neighborhood. Given the safe nature of our area, we were all allowed to walk and spend time in the park alone. This thread made me remember the time my best friend and I were successful in fleeing an attempted kidnapping. We were around 10 years old and made our way up to the park per usual. This time I got a bad vibe and heard a man screaming, Hello? We were both as teeny as could be and luckily fit under a 12 inch part of the playground where no one could see us. Within seconds of successfully making it under the hiding area, the man yelling appeared. We could see him but he didn't see us. He said, I heard two girls playing. Where are you guys? Come on out, as he looked around through the tubes, slides, and the rest of the playground set. We lucked out, he didn't find us. We had never been that silent in our lives. After a few minutes of him being gone, we made a run for it. We generally walked along the roads to the playground, but we were aware of shortcuts through other people's yards. This time, we took a dash through the neighbor's yards. As soon as we hit the road again, a car pulled alongside us. It was the man. He asked us to get in his car and that he would take us home since we were so young. We declined endlessly. We kept walking as he slowly followed us with his window down and begged us to get in and let him drive us. We eventually walked up to a random person's house and pretended it was one of ours. We understand now that it wasn't the wisest idea, but we were 10 at the time and all we knew is that we needed him to get away from us. After pretending this house was ours and going to the front door, he left us alone. We then made a dash to my real house. We never told our parents. We should have, but- So this happened about eight years ago when I was 17. We're from the Bronx and everyone knew who we were on my block. I was the one raising my brothers so I would take them everywhere I went but we would spend the summer days at the zoo or different parks in New York City. One particular summer day, I had taken them to the park not too far from home and we headed back right before the sunset. As we crossed the street and approached somewhat of an isolated street, I noticed a black fan up ahead. Being from New York City, you learn not to react to strange things, but I was still keeping an eye on the van because it was parked right in front of a fire hydrant and didn't have a license plate. I had my then two-year-old brother carried on my right side of my hip, told my seven-year-old brother to get on the right side of me, putting him between myself and the building, and kept walking as fast as I could without raising suspicion. As we were about five feet away from the van, a man steps out from the driver's side and is headed towards the back of the van, but another opens the passenger door but doesn't come out. At this point, the man is approaching us and making an uncomfortable amount of eye contact with me. Something in me decided to point out a window of a house behind him and say loudly, as if I was speaking to my brothers, Look, it's not even curfew yet and Mama's already looking out the window for us. The man stops right in his tracks and looks where I pointed and then looks at us one more time. 
Then I ran back into the van. They started it, but didn't move. So I grabbed my brother's hand and crossed the street and knocked on the door of my supposed home and prayed that someone would answer. I knocked again and after 15 seconds of sweating bullets, a woman answered the door and I explained to her in a quick whisper that I believed that the men in the van behind us were trying to abduct us and that we needed her to pretend to be our mom. She paused for a second and then smiled and let us in and locked the door behind us. She asked if we were okay and if we needed to call the police. I said that if they weren't gone in the next 10 minutes, then yes. When she looked outside about 7 minutes later, the fan was gone. After that, I had called the son of the shop owner near the building and asked him to meet us and walk us home, and he did. Thank God that woman was home. She told me that she had left work early that day because of a bad migraine. Whatever was at work, I'm grateful for it. This happened about three years ago. It was mid-June around 9.50pm and twilight was fading into the night. It was hot as fuck and I decided to take my then two-year-old son on a short walk around the block to cool off. We were only a half a block away from the house when this 1980s Oldsmobile slowly crept up behind us and slowed down to match our pace. My two-year-old was in the stroller. I stopped and the car stopped. I could see that there were four large men inside, all wearing the same black hoodies. Then two men exited the car at the same time. One of them went to the house in front of me and stopped at the door, another to the house behind me and stood at the house door like they were going to knock. The car with the other two men remained inside to my left, essentially surrounding us. I noticed that neither of the men were knocking on the door, they were just standing in front of it, both staring at me. I was freaked out and decided to walk as confidently as possible past the men in front of me and quickly turned down the corner that was the closest way to get home. I had a feeling of dread in the pit of my stomach so I decided to walk into the neighbor's darkened yard and hide. As I did, I saw the car with the four men driving down the road very slowly. I waited and about three minutes later they drove past again very slowly. I decided to run after they turned down the street again. I told myself, you have three minutes, so I ran as fast as I could and hid in another neighbor's yard. When once again the car drove past slowly, now with someone in the passenger seat using a flashlight seemingly searching for us. Once they drove past again I ran as fast as I could making it into the garage just in time to see the car drive slowly past with a flashlight again. I put my son inside and watched and they drove past two more times. I don't walk at night if I can avoid it and never with my son. I also carry a 38 revolver and sharp knives. I sincerely believe that they were trying to snatch us, but luckily we got away because I listened to my gut. Please be safe and always trust your intuition. Several years ago when I was 25, I lived with, at the time, one of my best friends. Our relationship eventually started to dwindle, as it usually goes when you move in with a good friend. So she was rarely home. This night, however, she ended up staying at our place, heading to bed early. I was a server at the time, so I stayed up pretty late usually, watching YouTube and smoking pot. 
This night was no different than any other, except for the fact that my neighbor tried to kidnap me. I'll go ahead and give you some background info on my house and my neighbors. We lived in a three bedroom house with two of the bedrooms and the kitchen facing our crazy neighbors. They were a young couple living in a smaller mill house. They were constantly coming to our door asking for handouts. Now, normally I would be happy to help a neighbor out, but they would come over and ask for crazy shit like for us to fill up an old Mountain Dew bottle with water because theirs got shot off, beer, and once they literally asked me for a dollar. They would constantly be knocking on our door asking for help when we wouldn't answer. I'd peek through the window to see them either jacking a cigarette butt from our ashtray or pressing their eyeballs against the door peephole to see if they could spot us. Anyway, there I was smoking weed and watching YouTube on the couch when I heard a knock on the door. I rolled my eyes because I knew exactly who came a-knocking. It's 11pm. I checked the peephole and sure enough the boyfriend was on my porch. Normally I would just walk away and continue with my life, but he looked like he was in distress. I opened the door to see what was up. Uh, I just wanted to come over to see if you would film my engagement. I got my girlfriend a ring here in my pocket and I need you to follow me into my backyard and film it for me. Baffled but curious, I told him congrats and said that I would be out in a second, just needed to put shoes on. I shut the door behind me and locked it, quickly ran into the back room and looked out into the backyard. I peeked through the blinds to see the setup. Nothing. Pitch black darkness, no signs of decorations or anything like that. Naturally, I woke up my roommate and told her what was going on. Uh, yeah, fuck that. She said to me, and we both walked back up to the door, after the boyfriend started banging on the door. I couldn't see anything and was confused all the way up until he pulled his eyeball away from the peephole. I quickly turned around and put my back against the door. My roommate came running back to the door from her room, manning two wire hangers for protection. We both clung onto the hangers and sat up against the door until he finally left. We were so freaked out but wanted to make sure we weren't overreacting. We went out our back door and hopped into the car so we could do a drive-by. They always had their front door open and also didn't have any blinds so it was easy to see in the house. Slowly we crept in the car and peered into the living room. Sitting on the couch all staring at the wall looking strung out was a couple and an older man. We sped off and ended up staying at a friend's house that night. I never answered the door for either of them again. One day I came home from work and an older lady was parked in their driveway. She walked up to me as I got out of my car and asked if I knew where the neighbors were. I told her I hadn't seen them in a while and she informed me that she was the owner. She told me that they were months late on the rent and that she finally came to evict them. She entered the home to find it completely trashed, needles and garbage everywhere, holes in the wall and literal shit on the floor. I told her that I was sorry that she had to deal with all of that, but I was happy that they were finally gone. I'm not 100% sure what was going on that night, but I'm glad I didn't follow him to the backyard. In February 2012, I went to visit my grandfather's grave for his birthday. His death was really hard for me to deal with, as he had died in March of 2011, and it was still very fresh to me. 
I was kneeling in front of his grave with my head down, mourning and crying, when my body went into full dangerous close mode. I looked up to see a man running full sprint from the woods surrounding the cemetery and forced myself to get to my truck as quickly as possible without the man getting close to me. By the time I made it to the truck, he had gotten about 50 feet from me. I jumped in and locked the door. Much to his apparent displeasure, he threw his hands up in a huff like his favorite team had just lost a football game. I started the truck and drove out as fast as I could, but not before driving right past him. I didn't break eye contact for a second, and neither did he, so I got a really good look at his face. Cut to a few years later. I'm bored at work and decided to download an app that had a ton of paranormal, cryptid, serial killer, and UFO articles. As I was browsing through the serial killer, I came across one that made my heart drop into my ass. Israel Keys, most known for murdering an underage girl in Alaska, dismembering her body, and dropping the pieces into a frozen lake. He would bury kill kits in places long before he ever committed the crimes. After the incident in Alaska, he had traveled into Texas for a wedding in a city not too far from where I lived and had disappeared for a bit and no one in his family knew where he was. He was arrested in that city and brought to the prison one city over from me before he was brought back to Alaska to stand trial. About a year ago, I found a book about him that provided a lot of details I had given here. He had been killing for years and no one knows what the actual death toll was. He eventually killed himself in prison. At the end of the book about him, he describes some of his favorite places to abduct people, public parks, and cemeteries. I often wonder if there's a kill kit buried in those woods. You were fast, Israel, but I was faster, and I'm glad we didn't officially meet. When I was about 9 or 10, I went with my dad and my siblings to Goodwill after church service. I can't remember why we went there to be honest, since my dad doesn't really like shopping. Anyway, we went straight to the appliance section and were just standing there for a while while my dad was looking at a couple mason jars. I remember my brother and sister messing around a little bit away to the left of him. I looked around behind me and saw a broken toy violin across the store in the electronic section. I was extremely intrigued by it for some reason, despite not having a significant interest in music at the time. I for some reason didn't ask my dad and just sped across the store to check it out. After walking past a couple rows, I approached the violin and started pushing the colored buttons, indicating the different strings. For like 5 minutes, I just stood there pressing the buttons even though no sound came out. I suddenly felt someone standing so close to me that I could feel the heat coming from behind me. Before I turned, I heard a man say, Hey, that's a pretty cool violin. I wasn't as panicked as I should have been, and literally just turned my head to the side and saw this greasy guy with a beer belly and an extremely long blonde ponytail touching his waist, wearing a baseball cap, stained wife beater, and cargo shorts. I just kind of stared at him like, Oh, haha, <laughs> yeah. He picked it up and was like, Dang, how much do you think you can get for this? It looks pretty expensive. As I just stood there, uh, I don't know, it's plastic. He then said, that was nice playing, you could become a pro one day. Then he was just staring at me like, for way too long. 
I started to get a weird feeling, but thankfully my sister came up behind me and yanked me back and legit said, get away from him, he's a pedo. And dragged me back to where my dad and brother were. The guy quickly put his violin down and started walking across to the entrance. I remember my sister continued scolding me and for some reason I kept saying, stop I'm talking to him, what the heck? I'm pretty sure I know what stranger danger is. What was kind of strange though is that my dad was still looking at the same jars in the same spot the entire time. I think at least 15 minutes had passed. My sister told him I was talking to a stranger but I just remember him saying, okay time to go and that was that. I can't remember the rest of the day. Strangely enough, I started learning violin for strings class later that 5th grade year, but just picked it up again senior year. I recall this event randomly while practicing. Okay, so I was 23 at the time, and this happened last March during Easter Sunday. I live in Canada, and I am a native woman. Little backstory. I was in an accident and was rushed to the hospital two hours away from where I lived. I spent the day in the hospital and finally was discharged that evening. I couldn't find a ride home or family willing to pick me up. Plus I had no phone, nothing only in my wallet. Everything else was lost during the rollover. It was about 2am when I called a taxi. Yes, I know, stupid. My family always told me and warned me about co-op taxis. Those men are creepy, but I literally had no choice. I got picked up and the taxi man right away asks, Wanna come camp at my place? I can bring you home tomorrow. I told him I had to be home tonight. He then offered to buy me coffee right before we left the city. I noticed when he was ordering through the drive-thru, he took a while to give me my drink. Me being paranoid, I thought he might have slipped something in there. I held it during the whole ride, but didn't drink it. He was taking me through all these weird back roads I had never been before. I know the way back from the city, but he insisted that we were going the right way. As we were getting closer, he kept asking me weird questions. He asked, Can a man like me come date women out here? Will your men do anything? Am I allowed to be here? He was Muslim, but the one that scared me the most was when he asked, Do you want to come back to the city with me and be my wife? Let's go to your house and pack up all your clothes and you can come back with me. He also asked at the point, What if I never bring you back? What do you think would happen? Let me tell you, I've never prayed so hard to make it home alive in my entire life. I thought I was going to be another missing and murdered indigenous woman. Nobody knew I was coming home. Nobody bothered to try to pick me up and my house was empty when I got home. Sometimes I think, what would it even matter if I came home or not? I know I'm fortunate to have lived through the accident and being brought home but it just hurts that no one was there to see if I was okay mentally or emotionally. I've told some people this story and they just told me it's my fault. Do it again. I just figured I'd write this here. Needed to get it out. So when I was a kid, my family was really close to the across the street neighbors. I was playing outside with a daughter when my parents told us that they were going to run to the store for a bit. We asked them if we could stay at my house as our parents were home right across the street. I had a cool Barbie dream house. 
My parents said yes and made sure to tell her parents to keep an eye out. Once we were inside, we were thrilled to have the house to ourselves, just like big kids. We made ourselves some lunch and watched cartoons for a bit. There was a sudden knock at the door and the fun begins. Because of the urgency of the knock, I hopped up and ran to the door thinking it was my parents who forgot something. After looking through the side window, I saw what looked to be my friend's brother. I flung the door open and there's a man who was not my friend's dorky six foot tall brother. The man looked jumpy and told me that he needed to come inside because he had just hit my parents' car. I immediately panicked and asked him which one. He took a few steps back to look at the driveway and said, the red one, my mom's prized BMW. Now, don't judge me too harshly. I was maybe nine or 10 and someone told me that they ruined the car that my mom loved just as much, if not more than us kids. I blurted out that my parents weren't home and he told me that he still needed me to come out to see the damages because obviously a nine-year-old can access the damages to a 1990s convertible BMW. I looked back at my friend and while we chatted, he reached out to open the screen door. It was locked, but it was one of those shitty plastic ones that could easily have been yanked off with a little hard pull. It wasn't until then that my alarm bells went off. I told him I had to call my mom. He started to protest, but I slammed the door shut and immediately called my friend's mom. Thankfully, she's a pretty intimidating lady and she marched over before we could even finish explaining what just happened. The man was obviously startled by someone getting there so quickly. When she demanded to know why he was at the door, he stammered something about selling magazines. Obviously, he didn't have anything with him, so she told him to get lost and she was calling the cops. It was at this point I looked out and noticed the car pull up and he quickly went to hop in. I think that's when we all came to the realization at the same time that someone had been in the car waiting for him at the top of the street. My friend's mom turned white as a ghost with recognition, then immediately red with anger. Let's just say we weren't allowed to be home alone for a long time after that. I was 14 at the time and stopped over that night at a friend's house. It was around 8pm and we decided to go out to buy some cookie mix, but since I left all my clothes at home, I had to borrow my friend's fairly short summer dress. Since it was quite bitter outside, I wrapped my face around with my scarf, put as many socks on as I could find, and headed out. We only had a few bucks to spend, so we were in the shops rummaging for quite a while. That was when a nice older man asked if we wanted the rest of his change. And being the children we were, we obviously said yes and gladly took his money. But we couldn't find the mix we were looking for, so we decided to go to a shop that was more up the hill. We crossed the road and started making our way up the hill when this small blue car pulled up. It was the old man. He reached his hand out the window and said he found some more cash in his car. I remember thinking, wow, what a generous old man. So I took the money thanked him and continued walking up the hill. When we were around a quarter way up the hill, I saw the same blue car turn the bend and pull up in front of us. It was the same old man. He reaches his hand out and says, oops, I forgot about these and handed us a bunch of loose change. I started to panic a little, but regardless, I took the money to be polite and he drove off around the bend. 
I told my friends that I was starting to get a tad suspicious of the bloke, but since they were around a year younger than me and both had autism, I don't think they really understand the severity of the situation. We carried on, walking although this time I made sure that we walked a little bit faster. Not even a minute later, the blue car pulled around the bend and parked in front of us once again. This time he said, oh I found you a fiver. He yet again reached his arm out and waited for me to take it. I started to go into panic mode. I generally felt as if I or one of my friends was about to get very hurt. I had to think fast so I pulled down my scarf so I could talk to him better and said, thank you very much sir. I very quickly took his money and pulled the scarf back up. He mumbled to himself, so that's what you look like, which quickly was followed by, oh no, it's fine really. In a somewhat of a skittish or I guess embarrassing manner, he rolled up his window and quickly drove off. I never saw him again after that. I know, probably not one of the creepiest, but it was scary for a 14 year old me. This was quite a while ago. I was about 8 or 9 years old and my dream was to be an archaeologist. A friend of my mom's knew someone that was actual real life archaeologist. Imagine my excitement. I was expecting one of those Indiana Jones types. Instead, she was a 20 year old postgraduate student that worked at my city's natural history museum. I met her at a gathering that my mom's friend threw and started talking to her about my interest in the field. I think she found my fascination with her area charming as she invited me over to the research section of the museum so I could look at things that weren't open for the public. It was a very cool experience which I greatly enjoyed. The creepy part came after my visit was over. As a way to thank my new archaeologist friend for the tour, my mom offered a ride to her house which she accepted. At this point, it was maybe 8pm. I don't really remember, but at this point, it was already dark out. When we arrived at her house, we noticed that there was a person waiting in a car with all the lights off in front of her driveway. The archaeologist was kind of creeped out by this, especially since her roommate wasn't in town. So my mom told her not to worry and that we would wait until she entered her house before we left. She exited the car and went into her home without any incident. However, as soon as she closed her door, the parked car, still without lights on, drove off in a hurry with tires screeching and everything. Even though it might seem kind of uneventful, it still really creeps me out to think what would have happened if I hadn't been invited to the museum, if my mom hadn't offered her a ride home that day. This happened when I was around four. My mom and I were walking on a large sidewalk when I arrived at a crossroad where we had to wait to cross the street. At the street corner right behind me, the spot where we were waiting, there is this very big gray building. Since there were no glass walls, you wouldn't be able to see what was around the corner until you reached the end of the sidewalk to where my mom and I were. So out of nowhere, my mom turns around real quick and pulls my arm strongly. All I can remember is looking behind me to find a woman stretching out both of her arms in my direction with her hands positioned to grab me. My mom took me off the ground by her arm, slammed me against her chest and hugged me and started yelling at the woman, something along the lines of, what the fuck are you insane? The woman likely saw us from a distance and decided to hide behind the building right on the edge so once we passed by her she could grab me. 
To this day, I wonder what the hell the woman would have done if she had managed to snatch me from her mom. This isn't that interesting, but I'm pretty sure I almost got kidnapped a few months ago. Every night, I walk my dog, a lab mix, around 4 to 7 p.m. because it's winter and it's been getting darker earlier lately. I usually have music blasting in my earbuds and keep my head down because of how cold and windy it is. But one day, I was walking my dog closer to 8-ish. I noticed a truck slowing to a stop next to me. At first, I didn't think anything of it because it was a stop sign, but the man driving parked and got out of his truck. I took out my earbuds as I walked by with my dog, who since he's young, is pretty excited around strangers. He started barking and straining against his prong collar, and the man, who started walking around the bed of his truck, got back in and drove off. I'm pretty sure if my wild, sweetheart dog wasn't there, the man would have tried to do something. Needless to say, I went home pretty quick after that. I'm a 32 year old male. I had to walk a mile from the bus station to get to my house as a kid. The road I lived on was a small gravel road so the bus didn't go down it as part of its route. It was in a very rural part of Pennsylvania in the 90s. I hated that walk especially when a storm was rolling in or something. I was walking down the road, which had no other houses on the whole road besides our house. Suddenly, a car stops next to me and asks me if I want to ride. I don't remember saying yes necessarily, but they managed to convince me to get in. It was a teeny car and two men sat in the front and three in the back. They told me that there was plenty of space, but I had to sit on one of the dude's laps. I remember like it was yesterday that when they dropped me off, I can remember them all waving to me super happy, shouting out the car. Thanks, thank you. I casually mentioned it later to my parents that night and my father got furious and interrogated me on what happened and who they were, what they looked like, exactly what did they say, etc. I remember them asking me if I was my father's son, they knew his name and that's how they made me feel like it was okay to get in the car. He repeatedly yelled at me that I'm never to go into anybody's car. I remember him being fixated and asking me about how and what they said when they thanked me. I remember him making some phone calls and rushing out for the majority of the night. What sticks out with me is I remember the ride seeming way longer than it should have been. I remember having this feeling of dread like I might never actually be back at my house again. I remember a sense of disbelief and relief when they actually dropped me off in front of my house. I grew up in a big house that was in the corner of a quiet street right in front of a five-star retirement home. On the other side of the street, in between the big beautiful houses, was a small, old house with wood covering all the windows. If you didn't live on my street, you'd probably think that no one lived in that sketchy house. Throughout the day, random cars would pull up into the back of the house where they couldn't be seen and I would see men walk out of the house. Sometimes the men would sit on the front porch and drink and smoke. Around 9.30 each night, the nurse and caregiver shifts would change at the retirement home. In front of my house, there was a bus stop where all the employees would wait for the bus or for their rides. It was approximately 10 p.m. on a warm night in June. 
I was in the basement and had the windows cracked open. I was at home with my mom and three sisters when I heard screaming from outside. My sisters heard it as well. We looked outside of the windows, but it was too dark to see anything clearly. We saw a woman running around the three cars in our driveway and assumed that someone was breaking into one of our cars, but she was being chased by two men. We got scared and ran inside to our mom. My sisters and I were young teens at the time and too scared to go outside. The screaming continued for a few minutes and I saw the man grab the woman and try pushing her into the trunk of their SUV. She was trying hard to fight and resist. At that exact moment, my dad was arriving home and noticed a black jeep with the trunk open, blocking the street. Flashed his lights and honked at them, not thinking anything was going on. The kidnappers must have thought someone had spotted what they were doing and immediately threw the woman on the ground, got into the jeep and drove off. My dad parked his car and found the woman on the ground. She was crying so much and she kept thanking my dad. As my dad connected the dots, he realized he stopped her from getting thrown into the vehicle. He looked around and saw a few men standing outside the sketchy house and realized that they were watching the whole kidnapping happen without interfering. He invited the woman into our home and she called the police. She was a 55 year old nurse and she told us that she waits outside of her house for her son to pick her up every night. When the police arrived they took statements and gathered the kidnapper's finger. When I was around 10, a girl named Karen who was the same age as me asked if I could go with her and her family to Walmart, which was not too far away. I said she would have to ask my dad, which her mom came out and told me to call my dad over so she could ask him. My dad informed me I would be gone for an hour and then would return back home. This isn't what happened. I left with these people and while I was away, I realized nothing that I went through was normal. I was taken to a farm where other kids my age were there, as I was instructed to bathe in a bucket along with my friend Karen. Her mother left us there for a while as we wandered around to meet more of the children. They took us to an ice cream shop where I asked when I was going to go home. Karen's mother looked at me and told me, never. Around three days later, her mother returned me to my grandmother's house after my family finally threatened to call the cops. I don't understand who and where those children came from on the farm. I never understood why my family took so long to get me back. I don't understand none of it. I still don't. I'm a 24 year old female. This happened to me when I was about 10 or 12, so it's sort of hazy. I truly didn't see anything wrong with what happened at the time, but my mom was very upset and worried when I told her about it. I was with two friends who were sisters, one about 10 and another one around 8. Their house was near the elementary school that we had all attended, so we decided to ride our bikes down there and play on the playground since it was the weekend and the school was empty. We're nearing the school when a minivan drives up with the middle-aged man in the front seat, seemingly alone in the car. The man stops, rolls down his window, and asks us which direction the highway was. We all shrugged and looked at each other weird. My youngest friend and I are closest to the car, while the other friend is a bit ahead of us. I'd been warned about talking to strangers, so I kind of moved my friend and I away from the sidewalk while she gives him vague directions, because what eight-year-old is going to know about where the highway is? 
I don't remember what happened, but I think he just ended up driving away. Thinking back in this as an adult gives me chills. Why on earth would a grown man pull over to an elementary school to ask three young girls where the highway is? My mom was understandably upset to hear this, but I didn't understand why until I got older. I think he may have been trying to abduct one of us. I was 11, almost turning 12, and my family decided to go to America for a holiday where we stayed in Las Vegas for a few days at the Stratosphere Hotel. The hotel is split between hotel rooms and a large casino that we sometimes had to walk through to get to the hotel. One night, my parents had to go do something, so they told me just to wait there. Stupid of them. It had been quite a while and they still hadn't returned. Later, a woman, probably in her late 20s, approached me and asked me if I could accompany her to the elevator because she had a fear of them. As a naive 11-year-old, agree, as I love being a helping hand to other people. However, I wanted to tell my parents where I had gone to so they didn't have to worry about where I went when they came back. I told this lady this and went on a quest to find my parents in the Vegas casino alone, not really sure where they had gone but wanted to find them fast because I didn't want to keep the lady waiting. I couldn't find my parents, so I decided to go back and accompany the lady anyway, since I had nothing better to do and probably be back before my parents got back. To my dismay, when I returned, she had gone. Soon after, my parents had finally came back and they explained that she was most likely going to kidnap me, but left because I said I was going to tell my parents. In retrospect, I find it completely stupid to leave an 11-year-old alone in a casino for 20 plus minutes. It was a recipe for disaster and God knows what could have happened if this lady had still been there. Not sure if this is creepy to others, but it certainly is to me. This happened to me when I was roughly 17. My hometown is a fairly small country town in Australia. It was really hot that day. I remember the weather being within the 40 degree Celsius heat wave. I had decided to walk to the town center for a classic frozen coke from McDonald's. Being a small town, you tend to know everybody and every car that drives along throughout the residential streets. I was only a few blocks away from my house when an old rusted station wagon had pulled up beside me. There was a man sitting in the driver's seat and he looked to be in his mid to late 30s. He rolled down his window. I was still walking past trying not to pay attention and he was staring straight towards me. Hey, sorry to bother you. Can you please give me directions to this road? At that point, I gave the man directions and was relieved thinking nothing bad would happen. I had started walking away when I heard him yell out from the car again, this time telling me I'm pretty and asking to hang out. I told him to fuck off and kept walking but paid attention to the car. I had walked a few more houses down when he reversed his car to my side. You should get in the car, he said with a stern tone that makes me cringe to this day. At this point, I turned around and started walking back towards my house as it was way closer and seemed like a safer option given my family was home. I shouted out to him to go away and leave me alone, but this only made him angrier. His voice got angrier and louder and he shouted at me to get in his car. He then hopped out of his car and started walking towards me laughing. 
I never knew I could run so fast home. The guy followed me home, all the way, up to my driveway. The moment I got to my driveway, the man turned around and walked away. My dad was driving around trying to find the guy, and after what seemed like an hour passing, he came home and he said there was no sign of him. I had made a report to the police, and after a few weeks, the police notified me that they had found him, along with various articles of women's clothing in his car, and what he had been doing. I often wonder what would have happened if I didn't run when I did. I'm thankful it didn't get any worse. Definitely a creepy encounter that I have experienced. During the beginning of freshman year, one of my teachers was having health problems, so we had a sub most days. This happened a few months after she came back. I was sitting on a bench when one of the subs we had came up to me. There was a gym across the street and he looked like he had just came from it. He was wearing workout clothes and holding a large duffel bag. He knew my name and started talking to me about school. Me being young and naive, I thought he was being friendly and didn't realize anything was off. After a while, he sat down on the bench and got really close to me. We had been talking about a book that I was reading for school when he started telling me that he had a signed copy of it in his car and that he would really like to show me it. I know I'm stupid, but at this point, I didn't really think anything was off. He kept on mentioning in his car and that he needed to drop off his bag, but he really liked to continue the conversation and asked if I could walk with him. About 20 minutes into our conversation, I know, should have been a red flag. What teacher talks to a student in public for that long? Well anyway, my dad finally came out and freaked out when he saw some random middle-aged man talking to his teenage daughter. When the sub saw my dad, he introduced himself as my teacher, but then left rather hurriedly. Somehow at this point I still didn't feel off until a week later when I was reading the book we had talked about and something clicked. I started freaking out. He was huge, well over six foot, and could have easily overpowered me to get into his car. We were mostly by ourselves in the car park. Also, he could have had anything in that duffel bag. I think the final thing that confirmed his intentions was when a few weeks later I stayed after school to talk to a teacher and was taking a shortcut through one of the campus buildings. I was the only one in the hallway and looked into the classroom and saw him. We made eye contact and he yelled my name. I started running down the hallway as fast as I could and he started screaming at me to wait and that he needed to talk to me. I didn't stop running until I was a few blocks away from the school. After that he kind of disappeared. I never saw him again. I really wanted to report him but I actually had no idea what his name was. None of my friends did. I feel especially bad about that because what if he's done it to others since then? I guess the silver lining of online school is, as a sub, he's probably out of a job and the lockdown would make it a lot harder for him to do this to others. When I was eight, my cousin, brother and I walked to the store for my mom. The store was about a block away. They had got what she needed and I stayed to get a coke. When I left, there's this red Ford Ranger that followed me and I didn't think much of it because it was a short walk. Then I realized that no one lived on the same street as my mom. So I turned around and I walk in a circle and he kept following me. So I run home. The next day, we were watching the news and I saw the man and the truck. He was detained for attempting to kidnap kids.
A few days ago, I was walking to the Dollar Tree, not far from my house, and I've done it hundreds of times, and I've only had mild, creepy encounters with men insisting on giving me a ride. Before now, the worst was this old as hell, grungy looking man who stopped and didn't even ask if I needed a ride. Just pulled over and said, you're looking real good. You should take a ride with me in my truck sometime. And in a split second, I felt intense disgust and dread. So without even answering, I just bolted. He didn't follow me, thank God. But I took that walk to the Dollar Tree and thought nothing of it. And the next day, they never caught me outside and told me that she saw a man on the highway following me slowly in his car. And he only stopped and left in a hurry once he realized the neighbor was intensely watching. I was only vaguely aware of the car near me because I was preoccupied with getting across the road and I never realized that I might have been in danger. Now I'm terrified. This could have been someone that had been watching me long term and I never suspected it and they might still be waiting for another opening.